With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is James Hansen. This is Milo. And it's been an eventful day for the Utah Jazz. Uh, right now, we're recording right as uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is back. He is treating, tweeting Woj bombs. He's on TV speaking Woj bombs. He's going ham. He he's he's just he's Woj being Woj. And it's been a great day for the Utah Jazz, honestly. So today, the big news is that Ricky Rubio is now a member of the Utah Jazz. The Jazz traded. A the Oklahoma City pick for for Rick, Ricky Rubio. What do you think, Milo? What do you think about this? So talking about the trade in the vacuum before we talk about George Hill and everything else, it was a fantastic trade. A the Oklahoma City pick. It's there's a strong chance it turns into two second rounders anyway, so it might not even be a first round pick. So in, in that aspect, they got really good value out of it, out of something that next year if they they were trading away those second round picks, they would just be trading them for cash and that's it and um or drafting a player and not signing them so it, it, it not not much of a a loss on on their side for the wolves the wolves got exactly what they wanted and they wanted cap space and we gave them a good you know 14 14 million 16 million mm-hmm. and they use it to get uh teague yeah and they used it to get teague so they got what they wanted I'm not sure if that's a like clear upgrade for them, especially how Jeff Teague was in, in Indy last year. He looked like a shell of his former self. And he and honestly, they traded Rubio away for the second-best point guard in the George Hill-Jeff Teague trade. So I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure if they got what they wanted. Um, in Rubio, the Utah Jazz got a guy who's going to fit their defensive identity to a T. A guy who is long on the perimeter, who's a great defender, is able to get steals, is able to find find uh, his players. And honestly, the way the Utah Jazz's motion offense works, it's going to in the half court he's going to be able to find guys and 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 find the open man and really pass people open, which is something yeah. George Hill was not able to do. Yeah, we know that Gordon Hayward wanted to play with – well, he wanted the, the point guard position shored up and with a playmaking point guard that could just you know, make things easy for, easy for him. Uh, so two ways that, that Rubio is going to do that, like you said, is the defensive side of the ball. He's going to be like two-plus steals per game is now coming to the Jazz. Uh, and then, yeah, just the passing. I don't think – I don't know if uh, – exactly what it is, but I don't think Rubio's averaged less than like seven assists – Eight per, assists. Per, eight assists per season. Yeah, eight assists per season is what we're getting from the Jazz, and he's going to run through the Jazz offense. So, and and I think he's, he's he might has a, he has a chance to be even better because he's going to have the best role man in the NBA, Rudy Gobert, going to the hoop, and and Rubio's going to find Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is going to feast next season. He is going to be lobbing and dunking on everybody, and then. What it does also is it just shores up that position for Gordon Hayward. And the fact that that uh, Dennis Lindsay was able to do it before uh, right now, 12 a.m., it means that if – let's say Gordon Hayward decides that he just wants to, to give the middle finger to the Utah Jazz and leave, Dennis can trade him. So immediately. That, that, immediately. He doesn't have to wait till December where if the trade happened after now – 
um, he he can now he can now trade him at any time. So if in th- in three weeks now, that doesn't mean I don't think Dennis Lindsay would because I don't think there would be much of a market. But say you know once October November rolls around, somebody has an injury early in the season. Utah Jazz are not sitting there being like, well, you know, December twelfth. If you wait until that time, we have a point guard available. They can just they can pounce on those on those moves, and so they can. Or um, if something else happens, where hey, maybe halfway through, you know, before December, Dante Exum comes into in, into camp and just has one of those huge turnarounds. They're not locked into Rubio being like, well, we, you know, we, we can't move until December. And by that point, you know, we might as well just write, you know, write out the way this is going for the rest of the season. And uh, they can actually just make that move. They can make that move and it's going to, it's going to work for them. So uh, it's, it's a really great move. I, I wrote um, really quickly right afterwards that um, he just matches us defensively. He matches um, what we do um, it, trying to try to disrupt lanes. Also with Rudy Gobert, he it, more so than than Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is a beast. Uh, he is he is an athletic phenom. But what he is he he hasn't quite put together is understanding where he needs to be on defense, how to control his body on defense, and that's going to come. That's a, a, like he has he's got a great coach in Tibbs, and I'm not saying he's not at that point, but what what Rubio is now getting is. Rudy Gobert, who was a defensive player of the year candidate, who knows what he needs to do, who is, uh, who does not get enough respect for how he covers on the defensive end. And so he, he's been, I mean, the Utah Jazz still had a really formidable defense when Boris Diaw was out there at the four. Yeah. And that's (laughs) top five. Yeah. And that's play. And that's because of Rudy Gobert. That's not because Boris Diaw all of a sudden, you know, decided he was really going to put it together on a defensive end. Uh, it was it was Rudy Gobert covering his tail. So imagine that. Now, now all of a sudden, Ricky Rubio, who averages at least two steals a game, can gamble even more and know that not just Rudy Gobert is a great defensive player, but the Utah Jazz really rotate and recover at a quick and quick rate and they're very they have really high basketball uh, not basketball well basketball intelligence but defensive intelligence to know where they need to go what they need to do so it is it is um, absolutely amazing it's a home run and uh what it also does is it's a cheaper contract than george hill and maybe we can touch on george hill uh in a second (laughs) poor george hill (laughs) poor poor george hill but uh the fact is, is it's going to be able to allow us to bring in uh, Joe Ingles, so we can we now have the room to, to bring in Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles and his two steals a game. Uh, Joe Ingles may be the most underrated defender in the league right now. And speaking uh, of Joe Ingles, he just uh, it's being reported that he's being offered by the Orlando Magic a um, what was it th- uh, three about three year forty five. So it was like four years, sixty million per year. Yeah, four years, sixty million, or fifteen maybe. Yeah, sixty-eight. Yes, four years, sixty. There we go. Yep, fifteen million a year for 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 the Joe. And uh, the thing is, that's very attainable now. We can pay that Mm -hmm. Uh, if you get if we went. So Woj is reporting right now that uh, George Hill was offered by us about twenty million per year for four years. So a four-year, eighty million dollar deal. and now we get uh, two years at fourteen with Ricky Rubio. We can re-sign Joe Ingles with with an additional ten, and then we can go into the luxury the in, above the cap before the luxury tax with with Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I guess yeah. So what it also has done is it solidified the point guard position for Gordon Hayward, which he has obviously been wanting to do. We we've been seeing a lot of messages on Twitter. Uh, from different uh, reporters uh, kind of saying things like Gordon Hayward wanted George Hill to be signed and that would help him get signed. I don't know if that comes from Gordon Hayward or if that comes from George Hill's camp. I don't know. Uh, But what we do know is that Gordon Hayward wanted a playmaking point guard and the Jazz got it. They got a great one too. And it it also brings in, uh, I think it was Tim McMahon tweeted a good point that that Joe Ingles, Gordon Hayward's best friend, is now going to be on the team. Joe Ingles also has the same agent as Gordon Hayward. So uh, you know that there's some sort of communication going on there. Uh, just a lot of things are rolling really well for the Jazz. And we cannot take 
those things for granted. Those things are not by accident. Dennis Lindsay is in charge of all these different things happening. He knows uh, – while Danny Ainge is out uh, leaking stuff to agents and trying to pressure people into making deals and things, saying things like he had a trade set up for Paul George. All they need is for Gordon Hayward, which is apparently a done deal, quote-unquote. Uh, Dennis Lindsay was out making things happen. Dennis Lindsay doesn't sit back. Uh, he understands when he needs to make a move. He num- understands when he needs to hold back. He's also patient. He has uh, – one of the things I've always uh, admired and, and respected about Dennis Lindsay is his ability to kind of be patient with yes. things, to not make the wrong move. But at the same time, we've also seen that Dennis Lindsay is also ready to act, and he makes the move when he needs to. So he mo- he's been working for apparently like two weeks on this uh, Ricky Rubio deal and made it when he needed to it uh, today. Uh, and then the fact that uh, the pick that he gave is the – is the Oklahoma City pick. Oklahoma City now trades for Paul George is going to be an even better team. Yes. <laughs> so that that pick just got later into the first round. Yeah, it's, it just it's, gets it's better. It's, yeah, it's just getting pushed back. The other great thing um, that I think what is so important with, with Dennis Lindsay, A, he's not leaking a ton of things to the press. Not that that makes a better GM or not, but he's he's he he's not telegraphing exactly what he what he wants to do. And so by telegraph, by Ainge or whoever he's talking to, leaking these things out to the press that that you know they're going after Paul George. A, they were trying to re- you know put that out there to you know Gordon Hayward's group that hey, this is what we're doing. But what hurt them is all of a sudden the rest of the league saw that and said, "Well, we're going to make a move." And then also that that hurts your relationship with with Indy. That's saying, "Well, now there's a deal in principle." Well, now we don't want to we, we don't want to negotiate because we don't have the assets to be able to deal with them. So all of a sudden, Boston just controls this market, and Indy can't move on because if Indy still has Paul George on their on their books, they can't they can't afford to go out there on the free agent market. They can't they can't go out there and and try to make some deals that are going to a you know start their rebuilding process, and and so they're hamstrung. And and all, also Boston can get better. That doesn't help them get better. That doesn't help them with their rebuilding effort. So, the, so the fact of the matter is, is, is Danny Ainge who, ha, who didn't pull the didn't pull the trigger. He should have pulled the trigger for Paul George. Like if you if that is your plan, you go full force at it. And that's what Dennis Lindsay has kind of done with this one. He's gone full force and he's found a way to to make this deal work while still being able to accomplish his goals of being able to stay flexible and. Uh-huh. And, and and then you look at Danny Ainge, who's playing Gollum with the ring, and being like, "My precious, I can't give up my draft picks, <laughs> all to lose it." And, oh. and and so at at some point, at some point, like like Danny Ainge, who has amassed all the like, he kept on pushing back the clock with all these assets, and he he struck it rich with the with the Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and other things. But it's much harder to like that that deal fell in, you know fell into his fell really fell into his lap with the rebuilding effort going into Minnesota, Milwaukee going in a different direction, and then and being able to to bring them in through trades. With this, oh yeah, he he benefited from uh, Prokhorov in Brooklyn wanting to come in and win immediately. Yes, and and con and terrible con in in Minnesota. Now he doesn't. Now he doesn't have like the, the landscape with the, where these stars were located. Uh, he's dealing with much more savvy GMs in in Dennis Lindsay and and Pritchard, who comes from the from the Portland uh, side of things. So he's dealing with much more savvy GMs, and he's thinking that he can wants to win it's it's like he ha- it's not like he can't just get the deal that he needs and get his team he has to like he has to be the best and the smartest person in the room and, and come out looking looking better but instead he's amassed all these assets and now it's put up or shut up time with them and he ha- he's sitting in the big market with all of the assets really he should hold all of the cards is he going to have to pay yes because you have all the money you are the big dog at the table you're going to end up putting more more chips in but you're going to leave with what you want and you have a better chance of doing that because of all these things and instead he could he could have been leaving with Paul George 
what, because the assets that Oklahoma City gave up for Paul George were minuscule, probably with what he could have given, and he's and now Gordon Hayward is going to look at that now with that Boston team and say, well, you have you have a point a ball uh, you know a ball hug at at the point guard. You have Al Horford who's not getting any younger. I'm around all of these kids. Why do I want to be here? Versus I can stay in Utah. And I can have I can have a point guard who's been in the league for eight years. I can be with an All NBA center. I can be with a sharpshooter in Joe Ingles, and and then beyond that, you can you can really you know go in a, a much better direction. So, oh well, we had to talk earlier today. Um, as so, I kind of want to list the L's that Danny Ainge has taken. Today, so the first um, kind of the first one that happened is we saw that uh, Blake Griffin resigned with the LA with the Clippers. That was number one. So everyone was just so sure that uh, that uh, Blake Griffin was going to sign with uh, with the Boston Celtics. Yes. We, uh, the day actually, and not even that. The the one that happened beforehand was on draft night when Jimmy Butler went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So he missed out on Jimmy Butler, who he could have had. So Minnesota, and we talked about this already, but I, I, I just enjoy list remembering how bad Danny H is lost. But he could have had, uh, he could have had Jimmy Butler for Jason. What's his name? Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah, he loses. So he could have had Jimmy Butler for Jason Tatum. He then loses Blake Griffin today, who resigned with the L.A. Clippers, who apparently was a sure thing to go with them. Now right. Paul George, Paul George gets traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And what would make this the greatest thing of all is that uh, Gordon Hayward goes to the Utah Jazz. So, and I, I mean, I've got, I'm going a mile a minute here, but we have a ton of these national guys telling us how great the situation is in Boston. Oh, how fantastic. It's going to be the best thing ever. They're going to get anything. They can trade for anyone. He can build a contender. No one can stand up to, to the great, great and powerful Oz, Danny Ainge. Who, who apparently is so great. And I think one thing we're learning is that GMs must be sick and tired of Danny Ainge's crap. Because I like it, it must be just like, for example, so Indiana traded Paul George to uh, to Oklahoma City. It's very possible that uh, Pritchard listens to all these things that Danny Ainge is saying, like, like, oh, we've got a trade set up for Paul George. All we're waiting on is Gordon Hayward. As if Pritchard cares that Boston gets better. It's as if Ainge thinks that all these guys are in there to just make him uh, look good. And and Indiana is going to do what's best for them. The Clippers are going to do what's best for them. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to do what's best for them. And I think what one thing we're learning why, why Dennis Lindsay is a better GM than Danny Ainge is that Dennis Lindsay is not talking to these other GMs as if he wants to beat them. How do I beat you? How do I make you look like an idiot? Dennis Lindsay goes into those trades saying, how can we make – this situation good for both of us. So when when uh, Dennis Lindsay goes and talks to to the Timberwolves, um, who by the way they invited Tibbs to come talk to the Jazz. They the Jazz had set up a nice relationship there already with Tibbs. So they you know it's an easy phone call for them to talk to him, and they have a relationship of trust, something that Danny Ainge does not build with other teams. Uh, they can say, hey, so what can we do here that helps you out and that also helps us, helps us out? Like we said, so we're trading for a, a point guard that that uh, Minnesota obviously um, didn't want to be a part of their future. But we also did it in a way that allows them to get a first-round pick. It's okay. If it's a first-round pick and they get a nice player, let's say Minnesota gets a nice player. Does it really matter to the Jazz in the long run if they get a late first-round pick that hit? It doesn't matter. No. In the end, in the end, it's okay if both teams win. Yeah, and that's and, where and I'm getting what they want. I, it's like I'm looking at this. So somebody just tweeted this, and this is this is just priceless because we're talking about Danny Ainge and his uh, like he just he, he's been linked to so many big guys and and he just doesn't pull the trigger because he's just. He's keeping his, won't give up anything. Get this. Okay, first off, David Aldridge just tweeted that the Pacers didn't like the offers they were getting from the Celtics because the Celtics wouldn't give up Brown or Tatum. That is, I am, okay, first off, first off. Okay, so first they give up Markel Fultz. So, so here's here's the stupid, so let's just go through the stupidity. So he's like, I don't want Markel Fultz, who is a sure thing. Um, 
And so he trades trades them to the Sixers, who were just like, "Are you stupid? I mean, no, wait, don't ask that." Yes, we'll do it. And then, and then now he has. Then he then he wants Josh Jackson. That was his guy. Okay, so Celtics oh, fans, right. yeah, yeah. Here's Celtics fans. They're stunning for for Jackson. To be like, no, it's not really Fultz. It's Jackson. He's the man. He's he's got the star potential. He's got this wide range. He's like because Ainge. Because Ainge was saying they were considering him for the first and, pick, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we were considering him for first pick." And so, and so, um, but then Josh Jackson doesn't want to work out for him. Josh Jackson is like, "Well, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be sticking around there because they might trade me too, so he won't work out with them." And and so Danny Ainge flies all the way out to go see Josh Jackson work out, and he doesn't work out for him, and so he has to fly <laughs> his ass back to Boston, and then and then he lands in Boston. And then he, then they're like, they only have worked out Tatum. And so they're like, well, we only know Tatum and our scouts only know Tatum. And so they're like, Tatum's the next big thing. And then, and then all these Celtics fans are like, Tatum is the best, best, best small forward in the world. He's so good. He's better than Josh Jackson, who everyone is saying is going to be a star. No, you were saying he was going to be a star literally only six hours ago. And, and the greatest, that's the greatest thing about Danny Ainge is the after the fact leaks. Oh, so like yeah, literally like, right after Paul George gets traded, he said they tweet out, "Oh, the, the 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 Celtics offered all these three picks. We offered a our offer was so much better. No, it wasn't. How do we know that? Because you said that last year when you missed on the trades last yeah. year for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and so apparently, so now it's 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 so obvious that he just after the facts puts out a bunch oh, of yeah. BS. And so and so here's the best part. So he wouldn't give up Brown or Tatum. So last year, he wouldn't give up last year's lottery pick. He wouldn't give up the number three pick, who wasn't even supposed to be the number three pick because Josh Jackson totally, totally wouldn't work out for them in the first place. He totally Steve Francis, Steve Francis them. And then, and, and now he wouldn't give up those guys who are not projected to be stars, are not projected to become what Gordon Hayward, Paul George, uh, Christos Porzingis, let's go through the names here. Christos Porzingis, Fultz, Butler, Durant, Cousins, Winslow, Okafor, all these guys he's been linked to. And he, and then after the fact, he's like, well, we just didn't want to give, like, they were just asking too much. Well, yeah, oh, really? They were asking too much? Because I'm sure you lo- would have liked Kevin Durant. I'm sure you would have liked Paul George. Would you, I'm pr- pretty sure you would have liked Jimmy Butler. And there was a scenario where he could have probably had both Jimmy Butler and Paul George through trade and still been able to go after Gordon Hayward if he would have just given these assets up and and so now now we're left with with the case where it's like okay well you know two in the hand are better than you know eight in the bush and <laughs> like 16 in the like bush 16. <laughs> yeah i oh it's it's baffling and so now danny Ainge is going to be left with isaiah thomas and a lot of young talent and you can bet that there are not a lot of teams out there that are going to just be very willing to like they're not going to give a lot for isaiah thomas danny no. He is uh, there. You're going to be getting bare minimum from them because they're going to fleece you, Danny Ainge. Yeah, and, and if I'm Hayward, like, what does that tell me? Like, cool, these guys are going to be hitting their peak when I'm 32. Great, awesome. I'm 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 sold on Boston. This I'll be I'll be too old when Dan, like when LeBron James retires. I great. guess. Great, awesome. This is and, and fantastic. And and what confidence do you have as a as as a superstar? That Danny Ainge is going to go out there and get get your guy, and and bring good players to the table. Like Dennis Lindsay for working in a small market for having, um, like not even a tenth of the assets that Danny Ainge has in Boston is able to bring over and get people that are going to help. And not only that, being able to find players who are undervalued like Joe Ingles, uh, to ha- and and the development system in Utah. Like if if I'm Gordon Hayward, even though say George Hill was my my number one guy that I wanted to play with, and they're like, hey Rubio's there, and he's like, okay Rubio's okay, I can work with that. I know it with the with the coaching staff in Utah and the development staff in Utah. I'm I know that hey they're gonna work with Rubio, and he's probably gonna put in a good workout. You know, gonna be putting in a big off season. We're probably gonna be flying him to and from Santa Barbara all the time with our with our staff that's pretty linked into P three. 
uh, we're going to, we're going to have a really productive, we're going to have, he's going to put in a lot of work and, and over these next two years, he's probably going to improve quite a bit. And, oh, he, yeah. and, and, and so, and, and, and he's, and we have a system that's very friendly to point guards and, and friendly to guards and perimeter players in general. So, so that, man, how stupid, how stupid is Danny Ainge? I just don't, I, I cannot believe this. This is all, I, unless Danny Ainge surprises me and pulls off the trade of the century and also he's like, I traded for LeBron and it pulls it off. Like, yeah, I guess LeBron like that, is a bit. Like that's only the only thing that can save him at this point. Like he has to come back and then, oh my gosh. Um, so can't speak to why Indy didn't take Celtics offer at a, at trade deadline for George, which reportedly um, included the number 17 Brooklyn pick that became first overall. So that evidently was on the plate, and maybe so, evidently that's rumored. So, <laughs> yeah, so now, now, now it's going back and forth. Like now, you can tell what was leased by the paper, Pacers because they're like they weren't getting against Brown or Tatum, and then 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 you can tell what was leaked by by Boston because Boston's like, well, they didn't take the seventeen pick, and they're both like speaking and fighting through David Aldridge, who's just acting like like legal counsel be, between like. He's like boys, between boys. like two, two 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 divorcees, just being like he won't give me the house. He stole the car, and like <laughs> so. This it, it it's it's absolutely absolutely terrible. It's such a mess, and that just like goes to show you you can have you can have the Danny Ainge show and what's going on, or Indy who waited too long to move move a star when when the writing was on the wall versus mm-hmm. because Utah if this was a different scenario say Utah didn't make the second round and they miss the playoffs again or or heading that way I guarantee you they're moving Gordon Hayward at the trade deadline Oh absolutely they'd and, get something and they're not going Boston to, would have given something maybe although yeah. Danny Ainge <laughs> But that would have been but know. but they would have been able to guarantee have him keep his bird rights and it, it you know through a trade instead of this whole type of thing where it's just you have to guess, and so, and and I know Dennis Lindsay would have made that deal because he's he 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 doesn't wait. He doesn't like the only reason he feels like they can go into free agency with this without and and feel like they have a good chance is because they've done everything they can do. They made the second round. They they uh, you know put up a good they you know put up one of the best fights against the Warriors, which isn't the best. When you look at it from, hey, we only lost by twelve instead of twenty, and and they got they got good players, they got better, they got a real, they even were able to trade up and get good value at the draft. Um, oh, absolutely! By by trading Trey Lyles, who just looked like a shell of his 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 first year self throughout the entire se- season, and and didn't look like he was in shape, didn't look like he was paying attention. It just looked like he was just in a different planet all season. So they got rid of him. They bring in Donovan Mitchell, who's a a workhorse of of a prospect, and now they've gone out and got Ricky Rubio for cheaper than George Hill, and they still can. And they and speaking of, this leads us into our next thing. They still have Derek Favors and Alec Burks, where they can they can use those contracts to bring in additional value, and so. Um, for example, they could they could throw out a, a, something with Detroit, and they could trade Derek Favors and Boris Diaw and bring back Tobias Harris and have a have a stretch four. Or if if Derek Favors stays, they still have and Derek Favors is able to stay healthy for sixty games instead of no games last season. They have a really good roster, and they still and and Joe Johnson can come in and play backup four and give them a different look. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's we're in just we, we such forgot good about shape. Joe Johnson. How like we have forgotten? That's right. We have about Joe Johnson. Joe by the Jesus, way. who <laughs> saved us and literally is the reason the Utah Jazz made it to the second round. We have freaking Joe Johnson too. Why would Gordon Hayward give this up? I, that, that's my next question. Does 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 uh, does Gordon Hayward even go to Boston at this point? Does uh, he just gets on the say, plane, like, takes an Instagram picture with with the uh, Ainge, and then calls it a day? <laughs> Like, yeah, let's just uh, like, let's don't just Photoshop a picture together, guys. Don't even waste any time over there. Just just head right to Miami. 
This I mean, apparently right now it's beautiful. You know, take a actually take a beach day before you meet with meet with Riley, and then just mm-hmm. you know scope out some summer property, and then Ugh. and then go back to Utah and and sign, and get exactly. your, and get and get your money. Like apparently the Miami Heat are bringing in Hassan Whiteside to uh, pitch to Gordon Hayward, which uh, Hassan Whiteside the- and and resident resident French. Uh, uh, French landmark expert. Yeah, exactly. Hassan the thing is, the thing is, is Gordon Hayward is a really, really smart guy. He's a very smart basketball player. Gordon Hayward knows Hassan Whiteside. He knows who he is. Gordon Hayward knows how good Rudy Gobert is. He knows the difference. So bringing in Has- Hassan Whiteside is not doing anything. Like it's really not doing anything. And uh, so he's going to meet with Miami. He's going to go to Boston. Be, he, basically, that meeting is going to be like, "What happened, guys? <laughs> what happened? Oh, why? <laughs> we got it. We got another Woj bomb. Uh oh. Okay, so here we go. There's a, still a lot of confidence for Utah to keep Hayward. Oh, yeah. Besides <laughs> Utah yes. Jazz sending an assistant coach and trainer to work out with him despite going into free agency. Well, like, like right now, Johnny Bryant is literally meeting with Gordon Hayward. So Robin, her latest thing is tweeting pictures of Johnny Bryant's daughter with Gordon Hayward's daughter. They're giving hugs and stuff. I mean, basically at this point, if Gordon Hayward leaves, it's because he just flat out doesn't want to be in Utah because the choices are so so clear, so obvious. It's just the money, the players, the future, the fit, the comfort level. I mean, basically, it's just if if Robin tells Gordon we're leaving, I don't care what, and Ro- and Gordon decides to do that, that's that's it. But I, it's almost. I would be shocked if it, Gordon it would, Hayward's It would not. blow me away because if, if you look across the board, um, if, so you have a player like Ricky Rubio. You compare that to Isaiah Thomas and Goran Dragic. Um, those two, so the other two are much better, I would say, scorers. But they're not better distributors. They have, they're looking for their shot. And the other thing, too, is with, with Utah, with, with Hayward and Gobert, and then you, bring, you, know, you have Ingles and Hood and Johnson, and then now Mitchell and Dante Exum, you have and a Rubio and, and, and Rubio. Like, like for example, for for Miami to be successful, they Goran Dragic has to just be lights out. Versus, like, so if Hayward went to Miami, him Dragic and Whiteside would have to be on their game every night for them to be a competing team. And now, you're betting on Dion Waiters too. Yeah, it's if he resigns. Yes, and so and so you have you you have this team that uh, like rides and dies with you. You can't have an off night. You literally can't have an off night, or or you you're, that team is losing by 15. If you have a good night, then you're, yeah, I mean you compete and you win. But I mean it, there are going to be nights where your game's not not hitting. And who's coming in to take care of you? Who who's coming in to you know who's got your six in that in that in that scenario? With Utah, he's got Joe Johnson, he's got Joe Ingles, he's got Rodney Hood, he's he's going to have Ricky Rubio, he will have uh, the Donovan Mitchell uh, kid who they just barely drafted. They'll have Rudy Gobert. Like there's guys who can pick up the slack, and defensively, they don't have to be offensively on their game. You look at Boston. If if Isaiah Thomas didn't have a good a good offensive night, they lost. Exactly, plain, plain and simple. They they lost because they didn't have the defensive prowess to really shut it down. There are times when Utah, we saw it last season, where Utah's just not. It's not offensively their night, and third quarter hits and they just lock down. They don't um. get better offensively. But man, they just all of a sudden turned it into a slog, and then you have a, you know, they win a quarter, sixteen to sixteen to ten, and all of a sudden they're back in it. And, oh, absolutely! And, and so, and Rudy, Rudy just makes it easier on everyone. And now mm-hmm. we've got, uh, we've got Rubio who's going to lock down. And yeah, Exum and Mitchell are going to be our backup players, and they're going to be solid defenders. And that, then that backup gonna... unit is going to be fun. Like if Joe Johnson is the one who's coming off the bench, that that backup that backup unit is going to be Tony Bradley, 
who is young and athletic as, at center, Joe Johnson, who is your stretch four, Donovan Mitchell, Rodney, uh, either Rodney Hood or Joe Ingles, and and Dante and Dante Exum. Um, mm-hmm. More more so, I think I, I think they still want to believe that Rodney Hood is a starter, so he might get another chance. He just didn't look right. He didn't look right, and and Joe Ingles just had an exceptional improvement. And so with with them going forward, like it's it's a really Either Joe Ingles is at that small forward position. They got really great playmakers, one through three, and and then they have athleticism at the at the one and the two just to just fly. Or they, or in this in this scenario, they you know they're they're starting line, so they're going to be like fire and ice. So it's going to be it's we're going to slow this game down to a you know to a standstill with the starting lineup of Rubio. Hood, Hayward, Favors, and Gobert, and we're gonna then we're gonna bring in our horses, and we are just going to burn your your backups out of the building. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, fastest uh, player at the draft combine this year. Combine that with XM, it's gonna be just awesome. Uh, Joey, and by the way, Joe Ingles, we're gonna sign Joe Ingles. It's gonna happen, and he's gonna age nicely. He's going to sit in that corner and hit threes at fifty percent, and. And the offense is just going to roll for years. Mm-hmm. Um, my big question is, do the national guys even know that Utah exists? Because a lot of these national guys were saying, how many national guys said that it's just a foregone conclusion that Gordon Hayward goes to Boston? It's, uh, Wendy, the, it's, Windhorse. Windhorse was, uh, wrote an entire story of how Pat Riley and, and Danny Ainge found themselves adversaries again to be able to get Gordon Hayward. And, and this was their, like, you know, this was their... Their their western their showdown. Yeah, this was a showdown in the West. All all forgetting, there's a dude, there's a sniper in the window, and with Dennis Lindsay, who's who's just like ready to go. And it's, so, please, SLC Dunkers, all of you out there, we are going to have an event once once Gordon Hayward signs with the Jazz. I mean, unless Gordon Hayward's just a complete jerk. Uh, then we are going to have an event where we just go at all these national guys who said all these things. It's going to be a G, it's going to be a GH Armageddon. So there was a RT Armageddon for the Sixers. Ours is going to be GH Armageddon, and we we will give you the ammunition. We will give you the page at a later date. But when it happens, when Gordon Hayward says yes, I'm resigning with the Utah Jazz. Guess what? We get to finally burn every Boston Celtics fan. That we've had to deal with for the past, oh, you know, three years. <laughs> Shamrock emojis I, uh, everywhere for these guys. Or just yes. the oh, hi tweets or whatever. Yeah, we're, uh, however, we're, we're just, we're, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> it's going to be a great time to be alive. Oh, so, and yeah, and I, I guess one quick thing is I, I, me personally, I don't know if Rodney Hood and Derek Favors are going to be on the Jazz next year. Uh, I, I, I think. I think that uh, starting today, things are going to get pretty exciting. I think I don't know. What do you think? Does does Dennis Lindsay make one more move before he meets with Hayward on Monday? Obviously, he probably doesn't need to because Danny Ainge has just failed miserably. But or do you think uh, do you think do you think we move those guys or are they going to be in the Jazz next season? If they're with the Jazz, it's be uh, so. I think Rodney Hood stays with the Jazz. Uh, just because he's a great value at, at his contract, even if he's underperforming at this point. But with Derek Favors, I think the only reason Derek Favors is with the roster is if uh, Dennis Lindsay can't get a trade a trade scenario that he likes, that he feels is is worth the value of what Derek Favors brings on the court. And that seems like a very cop out answer, but I I I honestly think that he's trying to move Derek Favors since. Obviously, obviously, last year it just looked like Derek Favors was the odd man out. Um, his knee, his knee never looked right, even though he said it. What you know, he never was injured or he was okay, and, and well, and and he wasn't a shell of his former self, which he called out SLC Dunk when he when we called him, you know, when we said he was a shell, and then he had an amazing game, and he tweeted at us and threw shade at us, which might have been well deserved if he didn't have such a terrible game the next night. 
Oh yeah, well, and and Andy Larson tweeted something interesting this morning that at uh, they had summer league practice and and Derek Favors was working out there and he's walking out with ice on his knee again. Yeah, and yeah, that's it, troubling. It, that's troubling, especially like we're th- and we're we're in June, and uh, now July for you East Coasters, and yeah. we he's not if he has surgery on that knee. He's he's he like he's he's out for the season, he's or, or for 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 the majority of it. So he missed his window. He missed his window to get a knee surgery, and he's trying to get better with rest and light you know light practice and all of that. But at some point, I mean the way he the way he played last year on that knee, it looked like like it didn't look like an injury that was going to get better with rest. He didn't. He wasn't explosive. He. He wasn't moving well. He wasn't jumping high. He wasn't. He laterally. He was a step slow. Um, hit Derek Favors last year and this season before were night and day difference. And, oh yeah. And 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 like never did I think that even with an in, like a, a hobble Derek Favors that he wouldn't be he wouldn't even be able to stay in the starting lineup. And he just struggled. Like and and as it. He struggled so much that Joe Johnson, at his age, at his height, was a better option for the for the Utah Jazz at power forward. And so, absolutely. And and what what Dennis Lindsay has to look at is he's traded away Trey Lyles right now. So um, they're and they're probably not going to have Boris Diaw on the roster. He's not going to have his his contract. You know, it's not going to go guaranteed. Jazz won't allow that. If they, they're probably going to try to trade that, try to get some depth. Power forward is, in addition to Gordon Hayward, the next the next position of need is power forward, and that feels so terrible to say because at his best, Derek Favors is a beast, but there's there's a couple of factors working against him: a his injuries, b he's not mm-hmm. getting any younger, and c the NBA changed dramatically from the direct directly after he was drafted. Well, and what's so tough is that he's a player that's so much of his talent and up and uh, just ability is based off of explosion. And he, but Derek Favors is not a, a skinny guy, and he's not a small guy, and he's kind of a tweener, to be honest. He's kind of a, a power forward on defense uh, and a center on offense, uh, but he's just in today's just, NBA. His, in today's NBA, that's what's what's terrible. When he was drafted in two thousand eleven. He was the prototypical power forward in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the Utah Jazz drafted him in mind think, thinking, man, we just got our, we, we got our tails handed to us by the Lakers who had Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol. We got to get bigger. And within two years of that, the NBA shifted. Exactly. And, 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 and <laughs> it's not his fault. He was built for the wrong era. And and now you add in injuries to that, where he has to chase these smaller guys around, and he's just not—he's just not made for it. Just all signs point to it, just kind of being a problem for a long term. So I would be surprised if Derek Favors is not traded. He's also put his house on sale two years in a row now. I think he's, uh, I think he's expecting it, and I think, and that tells me too that the Utah Jazz have been honest with him and said, "Hey, we are shopping with you, and you were shopping. You were, you know, we are seeing what's out there." I, you know, if it's the off season, you know, have it at the ready, you know, be ready to be ready to go have a, maybe have a buyer on on and, and, you know, he's got an expensive house, so it's not like it's going to move easy. So he's, he's gotta, he's gotta make it this. I feel for Derek Favors because I love Derek Favors. I think he's, he's, he's everything that you'd want in in a Utah jazz player. He played through injury. He's, he's tough. He works hard. He, he, you know, he, uh, he he's soft spoken. He's you know he's a good. He's got an awesome family. He's uh, he's he stood up for social issues. He does all these different things. He's a, he's a, an amazing player to have on your team. Uh, a, 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 amazing locker room presence. But the the rough thing about it is the NBA is passing him by, and and at the end of the day, you know it's Dennis Lindsay's job to have the best team available. And when he's hobbled and he doesn't fit what what the four position does in the NBA anymore with the with positionless offense and defense, he's it, 
it, they're going to have to make a tough decision with him. And I think that that's him. Derek Fa- Derek Favors leaving Utah Jazz is going to be a really tough moment, I think, for a lot of Jazz fans because that was it was him and Gordon Hayward. That was the rebuild effort behind them. And I remember seeing them in uh, the last game of the season right after they had traded for Derek Favors and they moved on from Darren Williams. And they had that. And I was at the Denver game and they had the, they each had huge games. Uh, for their for, for their rookie year, and that was kind of like this. Wow, look at them! Like this is a big moment. This is really special, and 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 it was like seeing the future of the Jazz before your eyes. And now to see him like this, it's it's it it it, it sucks because he could have if he would have been able to stay athletic and and stay uninjured. Uh, oh, he he would he would still be able with his athleticism. He could still get by at the four position in this league, but without his athleticism, he, uh, he's he's a, he's a backup center without exactly. his athleticism in today's NBA. Yeah, so no one is going to root harder for Derek Favors than Jazz fans. And honestly, if Derek Favors goes somewhere else and and gets healthy and gets that explosion back and becomes a all star in the Eastern Conference or something like that then I will be cheering him on uh, more than happy to just see Derek Favors do well because he's been nothing but just amazing with Jazz and with uh, with the community here. So really fantastic. Uh, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. I just wanted to see, uh, I mean, the chances of Gordon Hayward <laughs> re-signing with the Jazz have gone up exponentially. I There really is just like, at this point, if Gordon Hayward leaves, he deserves to be booed into oblivion because – he hates us, I guess. But otherwise, just the at that we're gonna see some. I, I guess I just have a feeling that Dennis Lindsay's gonna do something. He went quiet for about a week and a half there, where we weren't really hearing anything, uh, weren't getting any news from Jazz. We know that Bartlestein and the East Coast Boston writers were hearing a lot of things from Danny Ainge, but we weren't hearing anything from the Jazz side. And then lo and behold, Ricky Rubio comes out. You can bet that. Dennis Lindsay's not done, that he's got plans and he's working on things right now as we speak. Uh, prob- obviously, number one is Gordon Hayward. I think he signs. I honestly will be absolutely shocked. Uh, so the Jazz will meet with uh, Gordon Hayward on Monday. Um, I, 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 that was a big sign to me that Gordon Hayward is really giving the Jazz the hometown discount. I think he's going to go uh, He's going to go to Miami tomorrow. He's going to be with Boston on Sunday. Uh, and then he's going to come back to Utah on Monday. Basically, it sounds like to me, he's coming to Utah and saying, this is what they told me. This is what they offered. Beat it. you know." And Dennis Lindsay has the – now that he's traded uh, for for Ricky Rubio, he can. He can give him what he wants. He's He can say, we're going to sign Joe Ingles. We wish that George Hill would have accepted our offer. We really tried to bring him in. He lost a lot of money, but we were able to bring in Ricky Rubio for you. And they can tell him, this is what we're going to do. And we actually want to hear from you, Gordon, what you would like to do with the four spot. Because we can trade Derek Favors for this. They can let Gordon Hayward know all the deals they have in place. Because you know Dennis Lindsay has them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or or free agent signings. They can say, hey, what do you think of Tobias Harris? Would you like to play with him at the four spot? They can point at the whiteboard that will probably be in that room and say, what do you like? What don't you like? Here's 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 our options. We can, or we can wait and see what happens at this point. We think this might come, you know, open up down the ro- road. And this, I would say, if I were to give a prediction, I think I, I'm I'm ninety percent positive that Gordon Hayward's returning to Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was like I was like forty percent two week a week ago. Yeah, I was I was too because there was a Boston threat. It, like if if they landed Paul George. And I was just—I would be like, okay, it's done, it's over, it's—it really is. And now at this point, like the—you, what a, what a crazy way that a few hours can can change everything. Life I, comes at you fast. I, yeah, life 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 comes at you fast, man. So I think uh, I would say Gordon Hayward gets re-signed by Utah. Um, whether that's a one plus one and he goes after that, that supermax next year, or whether it's a five year and he just says, "Hey, I'm looking at I'm looking at next season, and I'm looking at all the players that came over: Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and others, and um, and it, it, they're in the Western Conference. Who knows? With the increased competition, it might just show off how good Gordon Hayward is on a well, regular night after night basis if he's 
if he's playing against... I mean, look who's in our division. Like, our division has Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and could have Gordon Hayward. The Jazz are going to sell tickets. And and you made a good point earlier today. So we talked after all these things happened. I was laughing gleefully. Uh, <laughs> but that the, the Jazz can give Gordon and they can give him like a five-year deal. And you were the one that came up with this and I love it. Is that let, let's say they give him a five-year deal and say, hey, you know what? Let's, let's just put it in here. We can restructure this if you make all NBA and give you the Supermax. So you get both the b- best of both worlds, Gordon. You know, yeah, and that's and that's what that's what OKC is is looking at with 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 Westbrook. They signed him to a big deal last year after after uh, Durant left, and then he got MVP. And then they're trying to restructure a deal and throw an extension in there with him this year to lock him in for even longer. So I think I think what Utah you could Utah could do the very same thing and say, hey, you know, we're we're no longer in the business of making money with Utah Jazz. We're we're a trust fund, and so. Let's uh, let's that trust fund. That <laughs> yeah. trust fund's going well. <laughs> yeah, and so they can say, well, you know, we're we're committed to you, and we we want to keep you around. We want to have your statue out there in front. So let's restructure this. We can take care of you, and we'll and we're going to work around that. So I think they they I think they bring bring Gordon Hayward back. What the terms of the contract? I, it, it it's weird. I would have never thought he would have been in a situation to sign a one plus one. I mean to sign a five year instead of one plus one at this point, but with the salary cap dropping and drastically dropping by the by the minute, now it's a, it, it's at ninety. And so as we said at the beginning of this podcast, it's ninety nine million. So with that being said, I would say you know him signing a five year and pr- protecting himself versus the fluctuations of this, I think that's mm-hmm. a smart move. And uh, then, then in the off season, I think they kind of wait and let the dust settle a little bit of these of these bigger moves, and then once one or are going to wait to to pick off a, a team who wants to sign sign the guy that that are going after. Say somebody's trying to work in money to sign Kyle Lowry or or try to nab Otto Porter. They can sneak in there and say, hey, there's there's a piece here um, that we can that's available. And we have favors and Alec Burks that we can use to to take the maybe take you know take that salary off of them, um, or or give them a player that they might want, and so they might be able to to swoop in. So obviously they can't do a you know salary dump. They can't really offer nothing because they want to be bringing something back. They don't want to lose that levered amount that they they have through Derek Favors because at this point if they're in the if they're in the luxury tax you you trade it you lose it. And so that could be, that could be an option. So this is the, the off season is crazy. What's it, what's even crazier is the Cleveland Cavaliers still don't have a GM. They don't have a GM. The Knicks don't have a GM. GM. Yeah. There's, there's two teams in the NBA, <laughs> one of which went to the NBA finals that has gone through the draft and is now going through free agency. With without a GM, can you imagine that? Just, surprise, surprise, surprise! The Cavs haven't really made a move yet. Yes, <laughs> neither of the Knicks. Oh my gosh, it is. Oh, it is. It is absolutely crazy. Which, which I was, I was thinking the, uh, the t- this morning. I was like, man, the only way this NBA offseason could get crazier is that like LeBron getting traded, and and oh, then yeah. and then I realized without a GM. Dan Gilbert could be crazy enough to be like, I'm getting rid of this guy. <laughs> they can't it. trade LeBron. Or maybe he will. That's right, though. Maybe, maybe he just steps maybe in Dan and says. Dan Gilbert just does it because he can, because he just, just is Dan Gilbert. And, and, screw you, LeBron. Like, oh. But anyway. but I, And we I, did hear. Oh, maybe that. So, okay. I will say that. We had that crazy rumor that came out that Kyrie uh, – possibly coming to utah and actually what happened is jody genesee tweeted out and said there are legs to that <laughs> like yeah. that which, maybe which that was dan gilbert was talking yeah, dude went crazy like they're going nuts like that's the thing i i, I bet you <laughs> I, and I, I bet you this is how this conversation went they were like jazz were jazz were just sitting around the table and be like you know what they have no gm over there they could do something stupid Let's just make a call. Let's just do, and, uh, let's just call. Just call. Just call. Just 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 call Dan to see what he's up to. So they probably like called in his secretary. Just like I don't know who's on the phone, 
and he was probably you know doing his quick and loans gig this morning and <laughs> scamming somebody and, and 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 they called him up and they're like hey hey dan we have this amazing idea you know we would we would trade you and it's not even like a real trade they were just like pulling his leg and he was like yeah i think we might be able to work that out and then all of a sudden they're like well we have to figure out how to make this work how could we make this work <laughs> Let's get this done hurry, as fast hurry. as we possibly can. <laughs> Come on, hurry. Just, just send over the paperwork. Just send it over. Just send it over. Just send it over. It's like a sales call. Get the facts in. Just, get the facts in. in. Just before he says no. Just before he says no, he can't, he can't, can't renege. And so, oh. and, so, and so that's probably how it happened. That's probably why it had legs because they're like, we, we, look, we didn't think he would, it, it would go anywhere either. Like. But it's like, it's funny, but we just kept talking. They kept saying yes. It's kind of like you're just, you're going out with the, the girl and she keeps kind of agreeing to go on dates with you. Yeah, this is, this What's was, going this on here? Like Dennis Lindsay doing the Vivint sales pitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Sorry, Vivint, I don't, but, but we all know. We know that Dennis Lindsay made a phone call and we know, and, your, we know, we know your sales tactics. You got a lot of money. But we know the door sale, door to door sales tactic. <laughs> Just get getting in there. Let's see. I do, do. You have anything else with Gordon Hayward you wanted to talk about? No, he's 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 here. I I, I think I think what happens is we we sign him. We try to make a deal, uh, you know, to bring in some additional players via favors and 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 Burks. Burks is out of the rotation and and yeah. and and just doesn't look like he's. He's in the favor of Quinn Snyder, and then Derek Favors is just doesn't fit what you can't. They both can't play center, and he can't mm-hmm. play power forward right now in 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 the new NBA. So, and, and especially what? now, like especially now, if you look at what's going on with with the T Wolves and in, in with Denver, especially in Denver, if they bring in Paul Millsap and he has to chase Paul Millsap around, or if in Oklahoma City, like, man, I just, I'm going to hate saying this, but Cantor can own a ninja Derek Favors. And so, mm. oh, is that, uh, uh, that hurts. That hurts. But that hey, really hurts. But hey, uh, and his Cantor turned into Ricky Rubio. What do you mean? That was, that was a, with a trade that sent, sent Ennis Cantor oh, to Oklahoma City. Oh, is that City, so? That's right. Because that's the OKC pick. Ricky Rubio. Yes, it was something more. Oh, than and that probably price. keeps Gordon Hayward here. Yes. Oh, I didn't Cantor. even think of that. Thank that you, Ennis Cantor. It just keeps on giving. And in all honesty, I hope you're okay. I hope you don't get arrested by the Turkish government. I hope you um, stay in America. Exactly. the The last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is just because I my man crush will forever be with Dante Exum, but Baron Davis visited. Uh, Dante Exum and was obviously at Utah Jazz Summer League practice. Um, Those make-a-wish things are amazing. Oh my gosh, they're so great. And one, what the heck, that came out of nowhere and that was just kind of awesome. Like it, Baron Davis, uh, I don't know if there's a connection there with who or what or why he came over, but him being in Salt Lake and helping out Dante is just awesome. And I, for one, am down for Baron Davis being an assistant coach on this team. Uh, he can counsel all players on the effectiveness of a good beard and good beard trimming techniques. Yes. He can also let them know how to dunk over long, uh, gangly, flat-top-haired defenders in an effective way. He can show, he can also show them how to bottom out and make a documentary. So (laughs) he, he, he runs the gamut. I think, I think one of the greatest, the greatest things that Baron Davis can, can, uh, can help with Dante Exum is, is going to be Baron Davis was so good at drawing contact, going to the hoop. He lived at the line. And, um, and, and one of the things that Dante Exum has not done. In fact, he saw saw the free throw line so few times during his rookie season that it was remarked upon many times and ended up being all, like close to a rookie low to a player who had played so many minutes. Um, Dante Exum didn't see the paint re- at all his his rookie season unless he was dribbling through it mm-hmm. to the other side of the paint and. Exactly. To pass it off. <laughs> yes, and 
and then in second, and then um, and then of course we know what happened year two, and then year three, he actually was get you know he was going to you know going to the hoop, but he was avoiding contact, and so the or he was just getting lit up. He but he was getting lit up, but he his body wasn't really showing that he was taking contact. And what mm-hmm. Baron Davis would used to, used to do a lot is he'd go up to the hoop, take absorb the contact, and then and then and then go for the shot. So he mm-hmm. so the the contact of the foul was really obvious to the referee. Now that seems like a very cheap thing to say. Um, granted, I have to say I come from uh, my father's a referee, so I hear this all the time where it's just like, oh, the referee couldn't see it. it's not the angle. If you see the angle of the referee right there, the angle of the referee, it is so it is so frustrating to watch basketball with my dad because you want him just rip referees because you're like, oh, this is a balloon call. And my dad's like, well, if you really see, you know, it's an obtuse angle. Uh, but, <laughs> and, and, and he really needed to sell it because, you know, the referee couldn't really see. That was just, you know, slight contact. It's, and, and honestly, referees have a really difficult job. And, mm-hmm. and so taking contact like that is still the foul because they're, they're still moving. They're still clobbering them. But A, it allows them to finish through more and ones, and two, it allow it allows the referee to catch up to the action that's being played. And I, if you if you don't if you think they do have an easy job, you need to get closer to to the court and just see how fast. Oh, the speed play. of the game is the speed, intense. The speed is crazy, and and on TV, it it is it like on TV. You're like, how could he miss that? I saw that, but then you get up close and you see. A, you're dealing you're dealing with just these big bodied men in in the in the way I remember when I when I went to the NBA Combine, and these were players who were not going to make the league, were going to be drafted mostly drafted in the second round because those were the people who were out there really busting their tails at the NBA Combine, and and then you have a few late first rounders sprinkled in, but they were so much better than everybody else just just light years like you look at that and you're like holy crap every one of these people should be drafted and only and and only a handful of these guys are gonna are gonna go on mm-hmm. and and out of that handful only a few of them are gonna be in the league in in a few years and 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 so that's the speed of the game and then you take the speed of the game with your average player and then you take an exceptional athlete like Dante Exum, and he's a blur. He he's an absolute blur, and so he it, there's no wonder he's not getting calls. Oh, and and honestly, uh, getting calls and getting um, to the free throw line is a skill. It's it's not something that just happens. It's something that can be learned. Baron Davis can teach him that. Baron Davis is also a muscular man and can show can work with Dante's size. Dante I honestly have no doubt that Dante's going to start building up his body and get stronger and punishing people at the rim pretty soon cuz he's just so dang frail. He's mm-hmm. so skinny that you know you go in there and you just get hammered. And we've seen Dante take some big hits at the rim. Last year he was actually going and and I think Dante could become a uh, just an excellent get to the rim uh, get fouled. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see his timeline with uh, Ricky Rubio as well. And we, see what and happens we forget there. How, we forget how young he is. Like It's so crazy to be like, oh man, he's in his fourth year. Yeah, he's 21. And it, like he's going to be going into <laughs> his fourth year. He's 21, gonna be turn, going to be turning 22 this summer. That is, he's 22 years old. He's still, like, I, I think Donovan Mitchell is only a year younger than... You're younger than Dante Exum. Oh yeah, Donovan oh, yeah. Mitchell, He's... who just who is going to be a rookie, is a year younger than fourth year player Dante Exum. That is just <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just it's just absolutely nuts. So um, so speaking of this is this is this is a plug. Um, so uh, both me and James, we will be at uh, at the summer league on Monday. July third, so so hit us up. You'll be able to uh, sitting next to me will be my uh, my father. You'll get to meet the myth, the man, the legend, the man who used to be a Utah Stars fan. He can tell you everything, <laughs> everything about it. 
but all he'll tell you is how much he used to root for the Boston Celtics. So come meet that man, and then you can say hi to me. Yeah, and I'll be sitting two rows behind all by myself. Uh, so if you want to come say hi to me, I will be there sitting by myself. And I, I love giving hugs. I love taking pictures. Uh, uh, so come meet us. Come say hi. Let's have a SLC dunk party with anyone who wants to come say hi to us. Uh, lo- I love meeting people. There's a few people I don't want to meet. Uh, <laughs> you know who you are. I don't. I doubt you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're listening you. to this right now, Danny Ainge. But- <laughs> yeah danny ainge we'll say it's danny ainge but 99.9 percent of you i would love to hang out with and say hi readers slc dunkers commenters twitter fans facebook fans whatever come say hi uh it's gonna be a lot of fun to go see dante axum and donovan mitchell um uh i don't have much else uh other than that guys please go to itunes and rate and review us please uh let us know what you agree with, what do you disagree with on the on slcdunk.com. Uh, I'd love to disagree with you on there if you disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever been wrong. We'll, we'll never talk about that time I thought we should trade Paul Millsap for Josh Smith. And we'll, uh, ne- we'll never talk about the time where I said Rudy Gobert will be the worst draft pick the Utah Jazz have ever had. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. I totally well, did. I totally did. I will own that. I will totally eat crow on that. I. Oh, I. Uh, it's okay. Oof. It's okay. He just looked so bad at the combine. Everyone will. Everyone will vouch for me. But yeah, I. I will totally. My 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 strategy is if I tell everyone that I missed on that, then nobody can come back and say, "Wow, what a terrible take." I know. <laughs> I know what my ter- I'm, I know what my worst take is by a by a wide margin. <laughs> it's really Gobert. It's okay. I I wanted to trade Paul Millsap for Josh Smith. Um, so sorry, everyone. That was my bad. But anyways, go give us a review. We appreciate it. Uh, I will talk to you later, Milo. Okay. Peace. <laughs>